This is Radio Hits. Broadcasting live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Tyler Klutz, Christy Scales, and Brad Sham. And uh, welcome to all of you uh, joining us on DallasCowboys.com and to the literally tourists passing by the window of the podcast studio at the star about six of them had vikings jerseys on and we're kind of showing those off after last night did Uh, i see a tyler klutz jersey you did see a tyler klutz jersey is actually saw three of them i'm pretty sure it might have been part of the reflection in the mirror i was going to say oh oh that is tyler Tyler i was like i didn't see him where did you know well your back back is to the tourists as as we sit yeah but we'd also like to thank those viking tourists for paying to come to the star Yep. Take yeah. Thanks, Thanks for your money. A lot Thank easier you. to stick around after last <laughs> night. That's yes. for sure. And so we we uh, we must start uh, there. The Cowboys lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm I'm still reacting viscerally, mm-hmm. Tyler. Mm-hmm. When you played, yeah. when you played, now the 24 hour rule and everything else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's hard. I think sometimes some games are harder. Yes, but. Um, would this be one of the games where it would be a little harder to let it go? Yeah, so I would say usually Monday afternoons or when you're starting to come down a little bit. You're starting to say, okay, look, relax, let it go. That 24-hour rule is when you let it go. I would say these are those weeks where like saltiness is all-time high right now because you're still looking back and you're saying, okay, there was a lot of opportunities for us to win this game. There was a lot of things that we – did that was maybe out of character uh, from a performance standpoint. But then also, we just left stuff on the field. There were just dumb things that we did to put ourselves in that situation. So Examples, please. <laughs> so there's a couple. And I, I want to start with one in defense. And we're talking about that punt return that, that Tavon had at the in the fourth quarter. Everyone's freaking out over, okay, why didn't he run it? He had all this room. He had, he had all this room. You got to remember the cover team when they see a fair catch signal called, which he called very early in that punt. He had that decided before he even saw where that ball was going to end up. Let me just interrupt you. Seventeen seconds, I believe, was what was on the clock. Yes, right when they punt. Yes. Okay, so keep yes. going. Yes, so yes, there was some room, but you got to remember as and a cover Tyler, team. I'm sorry, and Tyler, okay. for the people listening, who Tyler played a lot of special a teams lot. at various levels of. Collegiate and professional football. So you yes. you kind of know we need to respect your opinion about what the people are thinking on these coverage. And I was and I'll say this too. I had to be a try hard guy because I didn't have the athleticism that the other guys did. So I had to know know the game. And I'm not saying I'm I'm smarter or I'm anything, but I was I was heavily involved. You couldn't make a mistake. That's exactly right. A mental right. mistake. That's right. So as a, as a cover unit. You see a guy give a fair catch. Your coverage now changes. I'm not worried about my lanes because I know that he can't return this ball. Now, if he muffs it, I've got to be in position to get the ball if it becomes a fumble. But I don't have to worry about my coverage lanes. It just changes. So everything on that sideline that Tavon caught the ball, that whole coverage unit who usually has to have contain, there's always a contain guy, there's a speed guy that comes down and fronts up the ball. It, it all just dissipated once he once he f- went for the fair catch. Yes. Is it also, therefore, fair to 
conclude from that that what when we look at the play live mm-hmm. and we see that there's an acre of room in a front of him of space but that one reason there's a ton of space is because all the guys who are running running down under that punt have seen him call for a fair catch and call, they're not doing the same thing they would normally call do. for a fair catch and let off the throttle i'm not saying they quit so you watch on the film you'll see the throttle is let off and, and marinelli calls it a loaf right if there's a change of speed you'll see the change of speed happen Win that mm-hmm. fair catch. And then also just lane dignity, right? The spread, the net that you cast out on a punt coverage unit, it just changes. So I'll say that. That was one that – and then you saw he went over to the, conver- the sideline, had a conversation. It looked like, oh, man, maybe I should have, have returned it. But he – he and I don't. I wasn't in there, but my assumption is that he had some direction. Oh yeah, to he, save some clock. He said take he a was fair told. Catch. As long as uh-huh. as long as the ball, um, you know, it's in a decent position that he's not kicking at sixty five yards, and you okay. just have tons of space, and you've got time to make up some ground. Okay, but that that particular situation, it was smartest pre snap to say. Take a take a fair catch. But what surprised me though was that on the punt return, Tavon's back there being told to uh, fair catch it, which mm-hmm. is great. But they weren't going to pressure the punt. They it was not an all out. You're right. To it block was a return. Punt. It definitely it, it was, was a return. A, it was a return. But he wasn't going to return the ball. So that's what surprised and frustrated me a little bit mm-hmm. is why didn't you go for the punt block? Yeah. And so and then I, so I'm watching. I'm like, oh, well, they're not punt block and they're setting up their turn. And I look back and he fair caught it. Now, I, I agree that it was the right mm-hmm. thing to fair catch it. Yeah. But I thought it's because they were going to be rushing on. the. Well, a rush. Now you uh, now you risk roughing the punter. So anytime yes. that you're telling guys yes. to rush, you have to be in a situation that it's either, okay, this is it, this is all out or nothing, or, okay, if we take a penalty, it's not the end of the game. right? That's why you see these random all-out blocks come in just at random times in the game. But that scenario, if they got a roughing the kicker penalty, that would have ended the game. That was done at that point. And, so you can't I, you can't risk that. And I can see Tavon, just knowing him and knowing his, knowing his makeup uh, – He's he wants to make a play. He knows yeah. that's what he's there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's 17 seconds left. The clock starts when his hand touches the ball. Mm-hmm. I can see him running around for 10 seconds yeah. trying to find some. And now you've lost your opportunity. And that's why you say, tell him to fair catch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really don't have a big problem with all of that. No. So so. <sighs> You know, again, I think we're working from the end backwards, right? Because that's what everyone remembers, and that's what's relevant. It's just sticking in our mind. There's obviously, you know, three and three quarters of a quarter of play that impacted, that got the team to where they were in the last couple minutes. But obviously, Dak was throwing the ball well. You know, our passing game was on point. Um, my my biggest question mark is is that third down play on the final drive. And final the, drive or the next to the final drive? The next to the next final drive. The final I'm sorry, drive. next to the final drive. The RPO. Yes, yes, exactly. And so, one, the third down call. Why Why we're going to run laterally in a third and short situation where we have to get that first down. We have time, but we have to get the first down. We have to convert it. And we're going to run sideways. I, I just I didn't understand that. To mention, okay, Zeke was averaging less than two yards a carry prior to that, and then Obviously, the run game's not getting going. And then it's a combo block between Connor and Travis. Uncharacteristic of Travis to overtake it, but Connor didn't get enough off of the stunt. He had the three technique that made the A move, which is, if, if you're listening and don't know what an A move is, it's when a 
a defensive tackle lines up in the B gap, crosses the guard's face. The B gap is between the guard and the tackle. Correct. And the A gap, so he makes an A move, so he goes from there, in, yes. a sen- in essence, around the guard into the gap between the guard and the center. Correct. Correct. And so what? What the, it was a combo block, so that's where Travis and Connor are working together. Connor has to get something off take something off of that tackle so that Travis can overtake him and reach him so that Zeke can get to the edge, right? You think that I'm going to trust Tyron to get his block, his one-on-one block on the edge. So that combo block. Well, Connor didn't get much on on the D-tackle, and then Travis didn't get anything onto him. And then he redirected, and obviously the outcome that we saw. But the play call to me was the interesting thing, is, is why you're going to run a lateral run when – it just hasn't been working all day. And I know maybe you're trying to confuse them, try to do something third and – what was it, third and two at that time? Third and two. And so I, that call that call baffled me. I'm more concerned with the next call, the fourth down. So I, don't, I still haven't watched the tape, and I don't know why he chose to throw to Zeke. I don't know what else he had available. Have you looked at it? Yeah, so I he, I didn't see what the other side because the TV copy didn't because they just focused on on that side. So I haven't watched the coach's copy, but um, just a lo- a logical perspective here is I'm gonna although Zeke is is arguably our best player. Right, um, not not the momentum that he had that he wanted to have. Maybe not the last night. night. Not last last night, night it might have been Amari Cooper. But you are now putting the, the fate of the, the game. You're putting the fate of the game on. See, Travis was upset because he didn't get get mm-hmm. any help there. Uh, here's here's the throw. So yes. you're putting the fate of the game in a guy that is not paid to run routes and beat people one on one. Although he is talented, and you're watching camp, he runs he runs routes well. He catches the ball well. That's great. But you're now putting the fate, and he didn't look anywhere else. He knew he was going to Zeke. He made he had that decision made. The leverage was there. I mean, it was. But you're also you're just putting Zeke in a tough situation to win that, and you don't have any other outlets. You don't have anything else. I thought that would have been a great time for a design draw, empty it out, hold the ball for a second, find a lane because there were only quarterback rushing, draw, a quarterback draw. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and you know you've got lanes there. You empty them out. You pull Hendricks out of the box. Now you've got five in the box. The numbers are in favor, and you've only got to get two yards. You've got a strong quarterback and who's willing to put it Although all on the by, line. By on fourth down, they had lost yardage, so wasn't it, it was, fourth and five? Five. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fourth yeah. and five. The third. That third, third down, down run that we talked about because, it was, because it was, lost three yards. Yeah, it was on second. That. And two, and and then it was third and two, and then it was fourth, fourth and, and five. Yes. And, and Kendricks made a great play. I mean, no, he, yeah, he, sure. he sold yeah. out. He sold out on the ball all the way. He was playing the ball, not the man, mm-hmm. the whole way. And um, you know, that's a play that most of the time it is going to be a completion to Zeke, and the backer's going to play Zeke yeah. instead of the ball because yeah. otherwise Zeke will catch it and run uh, downfield. So you know, sometimes you got to tip your cap. But yeah, yeah, Kellen Moore. You know, we're back to him being. A uh, bum again, you know, for Cowboys Nation. <laughs> and he's just not. Wondering. He, play, he called and he's a great not. game. It was, it was a. It was you know, Dak almost has 400 passing yeah. yards. It was one sided because you could not run the ball the entire uh, game, and and so just a frustrating end to what had been a very entertaining game. It, it had been after the first quarter. Go yeah, ahead. I was going to say I, I do think that he did call a good game. Like yes, that last thing that everyone stuck with. I think he called a great game in that. Okay, Zeke wasn't getting going. Okay. But he didn't overdo it. He understood, okay, hey, what's working? We're going to play into our strengths. We know Armari's hot, Gallup's hot, Randall Cobb's hot. Let's take advantage of that. Let's supplement with a little wit, with a little Jarwin. 
I think he did a great job, and Dak did a good job mixing it up, moving it around. So he called the right things. I mean, you've got to keep the defense honest by running the ball. But, I mean, that our run game was completely uncharacteristic of us all night last night. And and I want to give credit to Minnesota because I, I never want to say, oh, they didn't do their job. They did, but we didn't play how we're capable of at all last night. Well, and that what was even more impressive about what they were able to do in the passing game, the Cowboys, is that they were in such long third-down situations. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen a game where both, both teams were so good at third downs. Yeah. And not just third and short, but third and long. In this particular game, the Cowboys finished 9-15. of 15, That's 60% on third down. And the Vikings were at 57%, 8 of 14. And they were in some, you know, not, not as long a di- uh, down in distance as the Cowboys when you got to third down. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, just some – and some of those were just some amazing catches and good routes by the receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper, man, imagine if he's fully healthy. You know, he oh. is limited in practice, gimps around all week, gets out there on Sundays and just uh, the toe tappers and even some of the crossings and cut all of those just amazing the way they were able to complete those balls on third down. Cooper and Randall Cobb mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Gallup, Cooper and Cobb particularly, were mm-hmm. were uh, next level. They were great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot say that, in my opinion, about the Dallas defense Mm-mm. most of the night. And I don't remember how many times the ball went down the field. This was all running game. I know Kirk Cousins hit his first three passes, and two of them were screens, and one of them was a one-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that. And to me, and Tyler, you're um, much more equipped to address this from both sides because you've played both sides of the ball. But when you are prepared for the screen game and you are prepared for the other team to run the ball Mm -hmm. and you give up what they gave up in the screen game and the running game, and then some players are not thinking about what they should be thinking or doing what they should doing. Is that an unfair that's, assessment? No, no, that's exactly right. So when you get gashed for screens, that is that is when you are undisciplined, your eyes are where they're not supposed to be, and you're thinking about doing more than your job. right? So that's when you're thinking about, you're thinking about okay, i got to get to the quarterback, or I've got to get to my coverage, or I've got to make a play, as opposed to, okay, I've got I've to read my reads, and I've got to be where I'm supposed to be. You know, open field tackling last night, to be honest with you, was not great. Um, there was a lot of arm tackles, and Dalvin Cook has showed early in the game, you're not going to tackle me with arms. You've got to run through me. And so, you know, the difference, I mean, the, the difference between our two backs is Zeke didn't run through arm tackles last night, and Dalvin did. You know, granted, there was more bodies on Zeke than than Dalvin at the line of scrimmage, but but back to the screen. So that's credit to Demarcus Lawrence. Like he had three or four plays where he ran down the screens from behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well. He that's did. really tough for a defensive end to rush a passer, turn around, put his foot in the ground, and run down yeah, a running back or a receiver. Yeah, that's effort, hustle, hustle play. Kudos to that. But we're talking we're talking about linebackers here. Right. This is this is where the miscues happen because you've got Leighton, you've got Jalen, and you got Sean or Joe Thomas that were in there. And and I'm and, and I'm not the guy that's gonna single out guys, but I'm I'm looking at Jalen and Leighton and a little bit of Sean here. Is you've got your coverage responsibility, right? You've either got number two or number three if you're in a zone, or you've got your man if you're in man coverage. You know, the number two or number three receiver. Okay. 
what happens on these is you stall and you can't beat a block. You can't beat an offensive lineman coming in the open field. You have to beat those blocks. Now, they're not saying you have to beat that block and make the tackle. You have to beat that block and make the ball go where you want it to go, where your help is at. So that is where the mistakes are made is, okay, hey, if I've got outside leverage here, I have to beat the block to the outside, and I have to force that ball back to the inside where my help is. So is this correct to say about the essence of Rod Marinelli's defense, whether it's in a traditional rushing the passer or in a game like this? The whole thing is based on gap integrity and being assignment sound. This is uh, insight from someone that has been in this building for a long time. That's you his hear defense. That over and over and over. The and that's assignment. what you hear is gap integrity. And so and let's let's explain what we mean by gap integrity. That's right. And so so gap integrity is everybody has a gap. You maybe one or two guys has the responsibility of two gaps, and that's generally a safety or a middle linebacker, right? You've got a front side and you got a backside gap, but everybody has a gap that they have to that they are responsible for. Edge guys, Demarcus, Robert Quinn, their job is to contain. You always hear Rod Marinelli talking about getting upfield, getting upfield, right? You've got to set that edge. You've got to go up the field because what does that do now? That eliminates the outside of the field. That eliminates twenty yards on each side. That now you don't have to defend. Okay, now we're gonna bring we're gonna take that field, take it from 52 and a half yards, and we're gonna take it down to 32 and a half yards. Now you've got 10 guys inside of that uh, eight, nine guys inside of that box to defend that much. It's a lot easier when you do that. So from there, now we're gonna cut that pie down even a little bit more. Now we've got, okay, there's and I don't wanna go through a whole diagram, but essentially you go D gap is generally the widest. That's outside of a tight end. Then you go C, then you go C, then you go B, and then you go A. Based on every person you move inside of, there has to be a body controlling every single one of those gaps. Not just in, but controlling. Controlling is key because now if you have B gap responsibility, and you're in the B gap, but that guard runs you 10 yards outside, what does that do now to the A gap? The A gap now becomes one man to defend 10 yards, right. and that's when you see big gashes. So with this defense, the point is is penetration and gap responsibility. So you have to penetrate, and you have to hold your gaps. Where we missed, and, and then this goes into the passing. I'm sorry, let me interrupt you one more time. Yeah. If you're in your gap, and you see the ball apparently headed toward a gap over there, mm-hmm. and you say, I'm going to go make the play in that gap, yeah. your gap's empty. 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 And part of this, too, is, and, and not to make it sound really easy, like you have to just be where you're supposed to be and you're going to make a play. You still have to beat a professional football player on the other side of you. So you've got to get off of those blocks. But that's why you sign $60 million contracts. That's why you are as high paid as you are, because you have to beat the person across from you more times than not. And last night, we got beat as a defense, as an offense, as a special teams unit, as a team. We got beat more often than we beat them. In this defense, if you do not maintain gap integrity and you are not assignment sound, which is Mm self-explanatory— That's what happens. That's trouble. That's trouble. That's what happens. Screens are what exposes you the most. And we'll take a break with Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. This is Radioheads. 
I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to Radioheads. Welcome back. With Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales, I'm Brad Sham. Cowboys now are 5-4. Um, and four. I'm losing track. <laughs> Uh, in November, <laughs> and, and and here's the thing, it, it, and I'm torn. So please, both of you, weigh in because the one part of my brain wants to say there's still half a season mm-hmm. to play, and mathematically, what this means is the worst, the, the best they can be is 12 and four. Yeah, and I thought they were going to be 11 and five before the season started, and th- they can lose another game and still be 11 yeah. and five mathematically. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. If you don't at some point step up and win a game like that one, and it was a winnable game. It was. Yes. It, that's the thing that hurts. Yes, it's a winnable game. But sooner or later, if you don't win one of those games, then I don't know how you have the cachet to stand up and say we're as good as anybody else because clearly you're not. Yeah, well, and the other part You might of, be able to be, but you're not right yeah, now. That's yeah. certainly not uh, – uh, can't claim to be among the top in the NFC because you've dropped to not only Minnesota, but also Green Bay and New Orleans. The Jets thing is really going to come back and yeah. to, to bite them if they don't get things going. But I think part of the disappointment in that record is not just dropping to those top NFC teams. It's that the team started 3-0, and the Cowboys did. And, of course, you know, that was a lot easier part of the schedule and everything. But such high hopes. And I just remember the day after that third consecutive win and, of 
course, the Eagles were really struggling back mm-hmm. then. And it's like, all right, the magic number to win the NFC East is now six. And it's like, guys, there are 13 more games to play. You know, you, you put the cart way ahead of the horse. But uh, the thing is, you never you say the Eagles have a lot easier schedule the rest of the way. And it's going to come down to playing at Philadelphia Cowboys at the Eagles in late December. But you can't say that because the next game is Detroit. And guess what? They didn't have Matt Stafford yesterday, and they may not have him this week. So that's the the thing in projecting and looking past the next game, and that's the reason why the players and coaches mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah, it, uh, it's a, it is amusing. Sometimes we'll talk to guys on the TV show after the game, and Antoine Woods literally didn't know who the next opponent was, and that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't know. Yeah, and and who we have next, right? And I'm looking through this, which is which is kind of funny because as I'm looking at this, you know, in week three that you talked about, would you think that the easiest on paper uh, team that we're playing in the rest of our schedule is the Rams? <laughs> and because they've really been struggling, I know they've really been struggling. But that speaks mm-hmm. to, and that's still right. a very dangerous team. I mean, that's a, absolutely that's a, a, almost an all star team. But you've got the Lions next week. Okay, with Safford gone. Okay, let's. What, they but, but are, they weird are, they things are. have happened up in Detroit when the Cowboys have and played there. So and even given. here, and even here, yeah. Matthew Stafford's given. always at the heart. They're, yes. They are a completely different team right. if absolutely. he's not able to play. That's exactly absolutely. right. But then, I mean, then you've got. The Patriots. Oh, then they're okay. Yeah. Then you got the Bills, who yeah. are who, good. They're good, but they didn't they lose to Cleveland yesterday? They, they did, <laughs> they did, but they're good. They are a good team. They are a good team, and that's that's an unfamiliar. Now same thing for them, plus travel, but it's an unfamiliar yeah. team on a short week, and you're coming back from New England. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they'll be fired up. Buffalo will yeah. to play on Thanksgiving Day you know in it. front of a national audience, and Cole Beasley will. Probably and they have 14. not forgotten 92, by the yeah, way. That's <laughs> well, the fans haven't. And it's not just know, that. They're still mad about sure. Brett Hull being in the crease. That, you know? Actually, that's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> that's a Dallas and Stars then, reference, and by then the way. on hockey. the road in Chicago. In Chicago in December, which is, I mean, look at what it is in Chicago right now. I mean, the chances of it being a very cold game, which we traditionally don't play well in. Ugh. Ask Christy about <laughs> playing in Chicago oh, in yeah, December. Oh, yeah, Tyler, in we're, we're going to do a whole podcast uh, before the Chicago game on that's, that. That's 100%. And we'll have Tyler's tips and, and Christy's tips and tricks tips for and staying tricks. warm in minus zero wind chill. And then, <laughs> and, and then you get the fourth quarter of the year. Yeah. Well, we're in we're in the fourth quarter. We're, I, I mean, we got the last two games. Uh, I mean, we've got the Rams, it's, Eagles. It's L.A., Philly. And then Redskins and Washington. Okay, yep. so they yep. so the Chicago starts the fourth quarter. Yes, of the correct. Year. Okay, yeah. So I mean, we've got I mean, we got three we got three weeks that are going to be a challenge. Bears. We don't know what team that is right now. We still I still good defense. Uh, offense is struggling, but then you got and you got the Rams who can be as dangerous as they want to be. And obviously the Eagles are going to show up. They, you know, they think that they're still in this. And then, well, they are the Redskins. <laughs> no, they're saying there's the a difference same thing. between being in it and really thinking and believing that you're in it. And they, I think they they are a team that believes that they're yeah. they can yeah. win this. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's just you know it, it's going to be a long road, and to to have the last few weeks that we've had um, the inconsistency, and then especially just capping off this last week. Um, I mean, hopefully this was this was something that woke the, these guys up. You know, we thought those three straight losses would do that, uh, but 
you know, I, I saw I heard a stat that Coach Garrett's one and eight coming off of buys. Is that correct? Uh, oh, that, after, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but that's I think that's right. However, um, no, the games after buys. The week following a buy. The week following the buy. The week following. But that the was buy. last week. Yeah, right? that was last week. I think he's four and five. Four and five. Four and okay. five. Thank you, Kyle. Five. That's Kyle Yeoman, producer our producer. Kyle. Thank you. Apologies. Yeah. Okay. But uh, still. But but you know his record is better in November. Yes. Yeah. Than it is in October and yeah. September. I mean, yeah. there's every reason that. I'm choosing my words carefully. Mm-hmm. There's every reason that they could f- have a very strong second half of the year. Mm. There is not every reason to believe that they will. Yeah. Because well, they have not given us evidence. Last year they that, did. Not this yeah. year, but last year. But this is not last year's team. This is this year's team. The, and, the difference and, last year is the defense was more consistent. Definitely. So much more. Definitely. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the different when when the names of the players uh-huh. are essentially the same. Yeah. Why is one year's team so much different from the next year's team? So, you know, the players can be individuals can all be very talented and very good, but the the camaraderie, the culture, the the buy-in that can vary, and that can vary fairly quickly, and and it all depends on okay, what's happening in those meeting rooms? What are the what are the position leaders demanding out of those units? Like one of the things that the offensive line, and I'm not saying that they've fallen off, but when Doug Free was here, there was a level of demand from the offensive line when Doug was running that unit that. I don't know if we've seen, right? There's been that there's and you see it more than me. Travis is a great leader. I think Travis a great and leader. Zach are pretty good. So I and I've been gone since Doug has been gone. So but one of the things that I did notice was how good of a leader and the in the standard that he set for his guys. But it changes because okay, look, you have you have a couple pieces that are different. Like the, yes, the core group is here, but what is that week to week buy-in from those guys? What are they doing to live and eat and breathe? everything that they do to win this game. And that can change. And I, and I don't know. And I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if, if there is that, if it's just some bad breaks and you know maybe there was some information. I don't know what the, what the reasoning is, but I will say this. On a week-to-week basis, when you see guys consistently showing up, that gets you encouraged. I just think that there's too many ups and downs right now, even on an individual basis. I think as a defense as a whole, but on an individual basis, there's some games that guys are showing up, and then some games you don't even know if they're on the field or not. And that's what worries me a little bit, whereas last year you saw a very consistent level of play from our linebacker group, from our DBs, and from our front. Yeah, it, it is an interesting time in Cowboys history in terms of you look at the team leadership and you're kind of moving from one phase to another, but without the crisp page turn. Yeah. And by that, I mean, you have Jason Witten coming back and I think he rightfully is still letting the young guys, you know, he didn't come back in and like take things Mm -hmm. back over. You know, he's let the young guys continue to grow within their uh, leadership. Uh, Sean Lee, uh, not playing as much, technically still a starter, but changed position to strong side and Leighton uh, the starter at weak side and uh, Sean no longer a team captain. Jalen Smith is one of the a defensive captains. So, you know, Sean is still a leader by mm-hmm. example, but his role, I mean, frankly, it, it has changed. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times when you have these veteran leaders 
you know, they, they, they're they gone. Parentheses, they miss Tyrone Crawford. They miss Tyrone Crawford bigger, a bigger a, a loss than they anticipated. And, and, and that's the thing about Tyrone Crawford is, uh, you know, not just that he had been a, a team captain prior, but one of those guys that did the real dirty work in mm-hmm. uh, playing defensive tackle, playing defensive end, moving along the line, not showing up in stat sheets. I would sometimes do some stories. They're like, Tyrone Crawford is a team captain, but he doesn't even do that much. I'm like, well, it may not in the stat sheet, the but, but the impact team. he has is amazing. And and so him not being – I think there's a difference in being in meetings and doing your workouts and stuff, but it's it's different from being on the field, shoulder to shoulder with those guys but, every day but when on a guy, the field. But sorry, Christy, when and when a guy has surgery like Tyrone did, mm-hmm. he's not even in the meetings all because frequently they're getting just by Treatment, nature of yeah. the logistics of the uh, of any organization. Mm-hmm. They're frequently getting medical treatment right. and doing That's rehab right. when practice and meetings are going on. That's right. And they don't just miss Tyrone Crawford on game day. Yeah. They miss Tyrone Crawford today. Yeah. They miss him on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. They miss him in those meeting rooms because mm-hmm. that guy that is always there that you just talked about, that's, right. that's Tyrone Crawford. And that position, and you mentioned and the the dirty work, the grunt work, right? Like there's the there's the flashy and like you know you've got you've got the the receiver core that's that's phenomenal making big plays right now like in the in the spotlight. There's some guys, but the guys that do the grunt work, the guys that are are consistently putting their body on the line and they're showing up and they're there every day. There is a level of respect inside of that building. And so those guys, when they lead, when they speak, people listen because, okay, I know that he's sacrificing for me. I know that he's making sure that my goal, our goal, is just as or more important than his individual goal. That's the sign of a leader to me. Not when, hey, I'm getting the stats, I'm getting the attention, I'm getting all these sponsorships, I'm getting all these deals. It's more about, okay, he doesn't get any recognition, but he's still showing up every day, and he's doing everything for this team. Whatever he says, I'm going to follow. Yeah. And those are the people that you want to – I mean, yeah, think about it in, in a military mm-hmm. – you know, perspective, right? Are you gonna Are you gonna respect the 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 general that sits up on the horse and sits in the back and doesn't actually go out? Are you gonna Are you gonna respect the guy that leads the group out to battle on the front lines? That's the guy I want to follow. That's right. We're, just, we're gonna, I just I was just gonna go follow up with one thing. Did a uh, just finished writing a story on Tyron Smith for the Game Day program, and a uh, Kurt Daniels, who's the publisher, he wants a long feature. Brad and I will get these assignments sometimes. And Kurt's like, Christy, we need one on Tyron Smith. It's like, well, thanks, Kurt. You need a long one on <laughs> a Tyron long one Smith on Tyron. because Tyron does not talk. He <laughs> actually, he's talk. He's, he's a very nice guy. He's a lovely dude. He awesome. really is. But the one thing he does not want to talk about is himself. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he, he he really is a, a humble guy. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask him what's the greatest compliment that someone can pay him, or what's the greatest one he's ever received, and then I'm going to talk to his teammates, his position coach, Mark Colombo, and his teammates along the offensive line and get them to tell stories and Mm -hmm. things. And so uh, Tyron doesn't talk a lot, even in team meetings and on the field, but guys like Brandon Knight, guys like Connor Williams, these young offensive linemen talk about, uh, they they don't know the old commercial reference of E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Mm -hmm. But uh, Tyron Smith is the E.F. Hutton of this team because he doesn't say a lot, but when he does, 
Every, yeah. Not just the young guys, but everybody perks up. Mm-hmm. And what uh, Brandon and Connor said uh, was really interesting. They said, we don't want to let him down. Mm. And I thought, now that's the essence of leadership is I'm going to emulate what you're doing. I'm following your example. And I want to do that not just because I know that I'm improving myself, but I don't want to let you down because yeah. you've set that standard. I hope Tyron makes a speech this week. I know. <laughs> I think it'd be a really good thing. One more break, and we'll be right back on Radioheads. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yep, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof. Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. Seeky. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time off back to radio heads welcome back brad sham with christy scales and tyler klutz and we are uh, trying to unpack and then put away the cowboys game <laughs> with the minnesota right. vikings and we'll be ready to move on right after uh, i grouse about 57 yard <laughs> field goal attempts on the first possession of the game i understand uh i understand uh, having faith in your guy to kick one that will win a game. I, I'm a big risk-reward believer. Personally, based on all my years of coaching, I would say <laughs> that I would thank you. I would say that that the 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 risk is the reward is not worth the no. risk. No. What are players thinking when that happens? I, so it's tough as a head coach. You want your guys to know that you believe in them. So you know Brett Maher has has. Made some really big kicks, um, but he's also missed some kicks that should have been made. Now, 57 is a tough. That's a tough range. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean, one percent of one percent of one percent of the population could make that kick with no pressure, you know, in his face. But you know, I, I also think risk reward. Think about it that way. As a defense, what do we want? Do we want the first possession of the opponents to be pinned inside of the 10? Or 
do we want to be covering a kick or do we want to start at the 50-yard line? Okay, or we cover a kick in there at the 25. I think from a momentum standpoint, the right thing is is to punt and pin them down. Like, okay, hey, we cross the 50, great. Okay, let's go recharge. Let's let's Tilt figure it field. out and put up put their backs up to the wall and make them earn 95 yards. And if you believe in your defense, you say we'll play defense and we'll That's get right. a short yeah. field. Well, That's this right. is this is the second week in a row that the defense was put in very bad uh, position. It was worse against the Giants, of course. That was Dak throwing mm-hmm. the interception yeah. on the first yes. play, yes. but which is a, I, that's different. It's a sudden change defense mm-hmm. and all, but that's two that's weeks, a sudden two change. Weeks, a missed field goal is, is considered it, it, sudden it, it, change. It, it, and so you know it, they had to go 53 yards instead of eight yards, but. Yeah. The difference was the defense made a great stand. And yeah. when, when they came out and after that DAC interception and the defense, after three plays, held the Giants to a field goal, I knew the game was over and the Cowboys were going to win See, that that's game. a great point because I thought last week, given the disparity between the Giants and the Vikings, um, I thought that uh, the, the ability to handle sudden change was the story of the game. Two big kick returns, that interception – and the 65-yard screen, mm-hmm. and all of them resulted in field goals. Mm-hmm. And last night, yep, touchdowns. No, not so much. And yeah. Kyle, Kyle, you know, Kyle Rudolph, that was an amazing catch. Yeah. That one-yard touchdown yeah. catch uh, against uh, Sean Lee. I, I thought Cousins down at field level. I thought Cousins was just trying to throw it. He away. He might have been. Yeah, may have been, but because um, yeah, I still think Joe Montana so, was trying to throw. So it away. you guys, and here's here's a question. You guys, and this is one thing that I thought because Sean Lee kind of got pointed out here for for the coverage on Kyle Rudolph, right? So I know Sean has traditionally been our best cover linebacker, and he's really savvy and he gets it. But a matchup like that, you're telling me that Vander Esch is not a better matchup to put on on Kyle Rudolph and I know alignment and assignment changes it but from a coverage and athleticism standpoint is Vander Esch not the better option in a red zone versus a 6-5 tight end well he's bigger and more athletic I don't know what's involved in in yeah uh, and, I, and that was yeah. just a question yeah, I don't know what his responsibility was on that in a vacuum in, in a vacuum sure yeah. but yeah. Mm-hmm. but, they don't but play the reason I asked that is because it was twice right yeah it was twice and mm-hmm. so you're in the red zone what is there that they've got? You know, Adam Thielen that's hurt, not on the field. Well, the, the you know the old saying, you know, fool me once, shame on me, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame yeah. on you, yeah. or something. Backwards, yeah. Fool me once, fool shame me on once. you. Fool me twice, shame I, I'm on me. Yeah. Say, I'm, Thank I'm you, President emulating, Bush. Emulating like George President Bush. Bush. <laughs> I'm emulating George Bush. Very yeah. presidential, Brad. Fool me twice, it's a real shame. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, but but to your point that 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 first initial drive. I think that I think you, the right decision needs to be pin them back and give our defense a chance to feel and get that momentum because yes, whether you trust them to go execute or not, they can go out and earn that and create something. Yep. You pin them back, that's a huge win. Yep. And so I, I agree with you. Okay, so uh, three minutes left to talk about uh, you know the. I, I, sadly, I think one of the things about this team is that it's paying a lot of great lip service to all the right things and not backing it up. I think that's sadly the story of this team through nine games. And now they're saying all the right things 24 hours. We're on to Detroit. and mm-hmm. But how do they do that? You've been in locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you do that? You, you've got to immerse yourself in the next week. You have to... You have to look at yourself for 24 hours and you have to say, okay, what did I do last week? It wasn't enough. 
Okay. Did I not spend enough time in field stu- film study? Did I not take enough time in recovery? Did I not sleep enough? What did, what did I do last week that was not enough? Because you've got to go back and look at your, your performance. Okay. Hey, was I where I needed to be? Did I know the game plan? Did I know my responsibilities? Now, physically, did I execute those things? Because a lot goes into it. And you have to immerse yourself in what is next. You have to learn from it. And then now you got to go apply it. And I mean, look, you need to be disappointed today. You need to feel that because that needs to be motivation. And, and you've got to use that going forward, but like bury yourself in preparing. And that's, and that's really it. And the, and the staff needs to do the same. The staff needs to look at it and say, okay, hey, what did we do that worked? What did we do that did not? Who are we as a team? Because I still don't know if we, if we know that truly, I st- especially on the offensive side, right? One week we're this, one week we're that. We're trying to create this. We're going to run a double reverse with a pass with Randall Cobb. Like, that's what we put in over the buy, and we've just been looking for the opportunity to put it in. Like, who are we, and what are we going to continue to do to be successful? And immerse yourself in that and bury yourself in that. And that's the only way you get over a game like this and use something like this for good. And Belichick's always about, like, hey, winning is good. Or, uh, or losing uh, the whole thing about l- w- learning from when you lose and taking that and that's and that is more beneficial than uh, actual win. Yeah, because Brad, everyone that we've talked to, the most successful players, they'll say that the uh, the. Uh, Sorrow of losing is so much greater than the yeah. joy of winning, There's, and that's the motivation. The, the, yeah. Coaches tell me all the time: there is no joy in winning in the NFL. There is relief. Yeah. There is gut wrenching right. sickness, not sadness. Mm-hmm. Sickness yeah. Yeah. when you lose, and that's what you got to keep with you. And now, to further paraphrase Bill Belichick, we're on to Detroit. <laughs> there you for go. Tyler Klutz <laughs> and Christy Scales, I'm Brad Sham. Thanks for being with us on Radioheads. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?